You're about to listen to a message from the Life Point Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Thank you so much, Dami. Thank you for that very powerful reminder that we belong to God. He knows our names and we're his children. Good evening, everyone. Um, welcome again to another evening of fellowship. My name is Busola. Um, it's, it's really good to see everyone on this call this evening. Um, a lot of people that we haven't seen in quite a long while. Gosh, I've missed everybody. Bolade, so good to see you. Um, Ajoke, good to see everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Okay, so let's get right into it. Um, we have someone very special and dear to us, um, with us this evening, and he will be um, sharing with us and just encouraging us very briefly and also leading us in a session of prayers. He's um, Pastor Debo Motsunde, the one of the senior pastors at the Elevation Church and the resident pastor of the Mainland Church. So let's just love on him. I know we can't, um, we can't all unmute ourselves, but the panelists can. Let's just love on him and um, make him feel very welcome. Woo-hoo! Good to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Wow. Life point energy. <laughs> I'm feeling you guys already. Thank you, Pastor Busola. Um, thank you, everyone. Um, I hope you can hear me and, um, and that I'm clear enough. Yes, we can. Um, yes, awesome. you are, sir. Thank you. Um, I thank you for this unique opportunity um, to uh, be a part of uh, this evening's prayer meeting. Every time I have an opportunity to um, gather with you and worship God with you, I do not take it for granted. I thought it's always just a unique uh, opportunity and one that I cherish. Um, I want to thank everyone for the awesome job that you're doing. I know it's an interesting season, um, one that all of us are trying to uh, fully understand and um, navigate you know, wisely by the help of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I, I know that in the middle of all of that, that one thing that is, must be clear to us is that nothing of this, nothing catches God off guard, that's one. Uh, number two is that something that is of this magnitude uh, must have been allowed by God for a purpose. And those of us who belong to him must not position um, like those who are not connected to God, we must not engage this season in ignorance. So as challenging as it may seem, as frustrating as it may get, um, as limiting as it may come across, we need to be able to locate the wisdom of God uh, in this season. We need to be able to recognize how God will have us posture, think, behave um, at a time like this. And, and I believe that is really what is at the um, core of the conversation I'd like to have with us today before we start praying. I understand I have um, 30 minutes. And um, so I'm assuming that I'm starting at 5.30. Is that, is that a safe start time? And I can be uh, done by 6. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, yes, awesome. Sir. Thank you. Um, so we've, we've titled this one, The Audacity of Faith. The Audacity of Faith. Um, I'm sure you will agree with me that one of the things that Jesus was very particular about when he uh, walked the surface of this earth uh, as a man um, and, in, and, and in raising his disciples was the subjects of faith. Jesus was very particular about the state of their faith. Um, every time you study the gospel, one of the things you would notice would provoke a sharp reaction for Christ from, from, from Christ was 
um, just the state of the faith of his disciples um, or when he encountered what he would call great faith, you know. Um, and um, that was one of the things that you will see sort of, you know, get some kind of very sharp reaction from Jesus Christ. And he, you will see him rebuke them about it um, when they were at the, uh, in the sea and the, the storm arose as we were crossing over to the gatherings. And his disciples woke him up and said, oh, you know, don't you care that we perish? When Jesus rose up, um, the first thing he did was to rebuke them for their lack of faith. Uh, one would assume that in the middle of that kind of emergency, he would first solve the problem, but he rebuked them for their faith. Um, when he came down from the mountain of transfiguration, and he was asked, he was told that his disciples were unable to cast out a demon from a demon-possessed young man, um, Jesus rebuked them again for their lack of faith. Uh, uh, we see Jesus also sees opportunities to teach them uh, how to put their faith to use. So um, in the story of the fig tree that dried up, the Bible says the next morning, um, he had caused a fig tree um, the day before, and the next morning as we were walking by, Peter saw that the fig tree had dried up, and he pointed Jesus' attention to it, and Jesus said, look, you know what, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and you will not doubt in your heart. You have the capacity to do that, and I'm going to uh, uh, talk about that in a moment. So he, he, he taught them how to use their faith. He said, look, even if you have faith as a mustard seed, it's sufficient. You know, um, he also then challenged them to put their faith to work. And I'm sure many of us remember that he sent them out two by two, 70 of his disciples. In fact, I believe that's where the N70 in life point um, was derived from, if I'm right. Uh, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two to um, 70 of them to go out. And he told them, don't take any purse, don't take any cash, don't take a change of raiment. I don't want you to think about what you're going to eat. I want this to be a faith project. You're going to go out there and you're not going to have any cash with you, but I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you. Uh, and he also then said to them, you know, was healed the sick, you know, raised the dead, cleansed the leper. As in the way he was talking about it, we wonder, ah, is that how they do it? They were just saying, heal the sea, cleanse the dead, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. You know, like he was saying, go and buy a loaf of bread and stuff like that. He made it sound so simple. And when his disciples came back, they came back rejoicing. I was talking about how demons were coming out in his name and how, you know, they saw his power manifest and how they were sorted. So Jesus did not just rebuke them for lack of faith. He taught them how to use their faith. And not only did he teach them how to use their faith, he also challenge them by putting them in an environment where uh, they then had to practically, you know, engage life with their faith. And Jesus did all of this, knowing that, knowing fully well that a time was going to come when he would exit the earth and that these are the people who are going to carry on the work. And it was important for them to first understand the fundamentals, um, the rudiments of a life of faith, so that the, the work of the gospel, the dispensation of grace, which was going to be born on the life of faith, could come into full effect because if they were not able to uh, effectively walk by faith, then they were not going to be able to teach it. And if they're not going to be able to teach it, then the rest of us will not be able to understand it. And if the rest of us are not able to understand it, then the church will have failed. Um, and so when you read the letter of Paul to Timothy, for instance, and you see how Timothy begins to, Paul begins to talk to Timothy about the faith in his grandmother, Louis, uh, he called it sincere faith that was in his grandmother Louis that he has found in his mother Eunice and that he has now found in Timothy. You begin to understand how when someone has a, a, a good 
grasp of the concept of faith, it becomes easy for you to transfer it from one person to the other. If you can model it, it's more effectively transferable that way. So he says, look, you know, there's this authentic faith that I saw in your grandmother that obviously was transferred to your mother. And now I see that same faith at work in you. What, what a fantastic thing. What a heritage in, in Timothy's family. And, and so it's, it's understanding the, the, the critical nature of faith and how it was very central to Jesus' ministry on earth that uh, necessitated the kind of conversation we need to have now because uh, more than ever before, we need to understand the place of faith in our lives. Uh, that as a believer, you, are not, you can't function without faith. Uh, and we, if you not only can you not function without faith, you need to develop dexterity in the work of faith. This is not a time to be patching along. This is not a time to be doing hit or miss from uh, you know every now and then. I shall get it right. And like, how do you get it right? I don't even know. You know the way they say a broken clock is correct at least twice a day. You know, I not it's not. I'm not intentional about it. I just stumble in and out of it. This is not a time to live like that this is a time where you must be able to understand the workings of faith you must be able to reproduce the works of faith with intentionality and then you must also develop a measure of dexterity in the application of faith and we see that in um, uh, in the life of jesus disciples so think about it that these were guys uh, and i want you to follow a progression these were guys who at the beginning were being rebuked every now and then for a little faith for lack of faith for no faith. And then suddenly, the same set of guys uh, would go, uh, uh, Peter and John would be walking by the gate called Beautiful in Jerusalem. And we'll see a man that has been lame from birth. And, and Peter will say, look on us, uh, silver and gold I have none, such as I have, I give to you the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And then he pulled the man and lifted him up, the Bible says, and the, 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 his, his feet and ankle bone received strength. And this guy that has been lame from, from birth, begins to walk and leap and praise God. And people were going berserk. People were, you know, just looking at them in awe and complete amazement. And when Peter was going to respond, he said, don't look at us and think by, by our own power, by our own holiness, we've done this. He said, faith in the name of Jesus is what has made this happen. Can you imagine? Uh, and that gives me hope. That gives me joy and relief that even if where I am now, I, I need to be rebuked for my lack of faith or for, for the littleness of my faith. Uh, uh, or in case of Peter, Jesus told him to walk on the storm. If you remember the story, and he, he started walking and then he suddenly began to sink because he just couldn't, he didn't have that kind of a journey faith. That same guy, the same person who then begins to say, uh, you know, faith in his name has caused us to be able to walk at this level of, of, of the supernatural. And Bible says at some point, even his shadow was healing people. Then I, I have hope. I know that um, where I am does not mean this is where I will always be. And that's really what I want to say to someone today, that you know what? Uh, you need to be true to yourself. First come to terms where you are in this journey of faith. Because we're, we are obviously in the end part of the end times. And it's important for our faith to kick into gear because we will need to walk in the supernatural. We will need to be able to um, live by the things that we cannot see. We will need to, more than ever before, uh, what we got based on his instructions and his revelation of his will to us. And some of those things may not make sense or may not align with popular thinking. And if you take uh, a life of faith to be able to um, to prosper, uh, working with God this season, you, 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 you're, well, I see many Abrahams being raised. I see many 
Joshua has been raised, you know, and God giving you impossible uh, missions, more or less, you know, to conquer Jericho, uh, to cross the Jordan, you know, to deliver um, um, people from bondage, you know, um, to, to do things that are much bigger than you, that ordinarily should overwhelm you. And uh, I see people also trying to fight their way out of, um, you know, just the grip of the forces of darkness and the limitations that has been um, surrounding them all their life and, and has been, you know, um, holding them back from being who God has called them to be. Whatever your situation is, uh, whatever it is that you may be contending with now, uh, you need to understand that your faith is central. And what, what Jesus desires of us at this time is to first come to times where we are and just the same way, progressively, he was able to help his disciples get to a point where they were able to put their faith to work and get results. We can progressively uh, move from one level of you know, faith to the next uh, without wavering. And, and we, we, Jesus has not left us comfortless. He has not left us without a teacher. We have the Holy Spirit and he's here to help us to, uh, to do with us personally as our personal coach the things that Jesus did with his disciples. So um, again, I'm sure that everybody, uh, if not everybody, almost everybody listening to me here understands that faith is the currency of the spirit realm. If you want to move things in the realm of the spirit, you need your faith to work. Faith is the currency of the spirit realm. And that is why when people will approach Jesus um, back then when he walked here and asked him to heal them, he will say, do you believe I can heal you? Um, be to you according to your faith. Um, the Bible says he, you know, when he saw their faith, he spoke to them. The, the, the four boys that lifted their friend and tore the roof and brought down um, the man out, the paralytic. I would say he saw their faith and he healed them. The Bible would speak about, you know, um, the centurion that Jesus marveled at his faith and said, "I've not even seen this kind of faith in Israel." You see, the father of the girl that was killed, that was not killed, the girl that died or was sick and died. How Jesus, when he, when doubt wanted to to flood his heart, when fear wanted to attack him, um, because they told him his daughter was dead, Jesus immediately spoke to him and said, "Fear not, only what believe." So we all we can see how um, faith is the currency of the spirit. You want to see manifestation of the power of God in your life. You want to engage with the positive supernatural. Faith is the access way, and. All through the scripture, we see how this faith was manifest in the life of people. Today, God wants to do so much with you. Um, and, and, and I want you to say that to yourself, mutter that to yourself. God wants to do so much with me. God wants to do so much in me. God is not a waster of assets. I mean, um, as, 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 as a professional, you understand what I'm trying to say? No organization will secure an asset and want the asset to go to waste. You know, um, that's why you call it an asset. It's supposed to add value. It's supposed to... Um, uh, bring increase into an enterprise. It's supposed to help you appreciate as an organization. God sent his only begotten son to die for you. God laid his life down for you. He wouldn't have done that. And then now that you're in the kingdom, a precious treasure, um, you know, a, a royal priesthood. And then God will just leave you to rot. Like it, it didn't really have a plan for you. Why would you die for something you don't have a plan for? Why would you sacrifice so much for something that you don't want to put to use that you don't see as a um, as a great asset, and if you if you know that you're 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 you're, you're a great asset to God, you're a, you're a son, you're a daughter, then you need, you need to understand that God has great and awesome plans for you. There are things He wants to do through you. There are things He wants to do for you. He wants His glory revealed in your life. The thing though is that we need to understand this faith thing. 
And in my in my years as a believer, I think that's one of the areas where I have seen Christians wumble and fumble. That's where I've seen Christians miss the mark. And those are the areas where I've seen Christians feel just not understanding the, the, the workings of faith enough to be deliberate uh, with it, to get results. And people have taught it in ways that just created a sort of confusion. We have used it just to um, as a special um, a spiritual resource to procure healing and prosperity. When the Bible actually says that's how we're supposed to live. So uh, what I want to just talk about in the next couple of minutes, I have, I think I have, I have 17 minutes more, is understanding uh, the how God expects us to develop the authentic faith. Um, and wherever you are, to begin that process and to be intentional about it and to, you know, um, continue to repeat that cycle, you know, every day of your life until in every area of your life, you are at a level of faith and confidence and understanding and capacity such that you can take bold, audacious steps in line with God's will and purpose for your life. Now, so I'm just going to quickly jump into that faith development journey. Um, And I think that the text I would like to use to drive this is what we see in the parable of the sower. Jesus uh, shared the parable and spoke about the sower that sowed the seed, and uh, some fell on thorny ground, some fell on the roadside, some of them fell on the rock, um, others fell uh, between thorns, and then some fell on good ground. Uh, I may not necessarily go at it the way um, we've traditionally discussed this. I just want to uh, mention a few things uh, that is so simple uh, that at times I wonder how we miss it. And maybe let me quickly say this before I jump right into it. Guys, um, you know, the, the, the title of this, um, um, of my church today, the audacity of faith, sounds so, um, what's the word now? Sounds so, um, uh, what's, the, what's the right word to use now? Sounds so maybe novel or out there that at times, you know, we, it, it makes us at times lose sight of the simplicity that is in God. And I always tell people this, that you know what? The truth is this. The, everything that God expects us to do um, is never as complex as we imagine it to be. Uh, God always does the complex part and then leaves the simpler part for us to execute. God will do the more complex part. But because of the way the human mind tends to work, we believe that the kind of results that we desire or the kind of problem we are trying to solve demands that the solution must just be as complicated. And so we complicate simple things. Uh, and I give you very simple examples. As complicated as salvation is, that someone who is dead and lost in sin can suddenly become a son of God and heaven bound and, and become a hell of Christ. As powerful as that translation is, the contrast between being born again and not being born again is so, is so wide. Um, an unbeliever is so distinctly different from a saved person because that person is hell bound. He's, he's, he's not a son of God. He's, he's condemned already. He has the the nature of sin and death. Yet, that level of transformation happens by a simple prayer that you can, you can pray in less than one minute. I, I think it's one of the most potent and efficacious prayer anybody can pray. In less than one minute, you say a sinner's prayer and you are saved. And all of that has happened. And then the next thing, you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In a three-minute prayer, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. God begins to join you as his temple. I mean, it's a complex spiritual move when you think about it. But God always, you know, the way he 
does his thing is he, he, he solves the complex part. The complex part was Jesus coming, dying, you know, um, Jesus being conceived by Mary, all of those things that we can't fathom or figure out. He does all of that and then goes to hell, resurrects, carries blood to heaven, sprinkles it everywhere. Uh, you're interested, you can study about that in the book of Hebrews, does all of those things. We're not previous to that. We have no part to play in that. And then he just simply says, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. It's that simple. But people have made it more complex. The same thing. When you receive baptism of the Spirit, the disciples were just in the room, were praying, and then everyone's open like the sound of a rushing mind. They were filled in the Spirit. And thereafter, they would just lay hands on people, and other people were filled. Uh, as complex as it may seem, the prophets desire to see the influence of the Holy Spirit, yet it was just that simple. Once I began to notice that pattern with God, I realized that many of the things that I try to complicate in my life, like God is going to do this, it has to be like this, um, if God is going to do this in my life, you know, he has to be born out of this level of, you know, personal application and complex actions, com- complex set of actions that I must, you know, string together to achieve this. I realize that we are the ones that complicate simple things. Every time we go into the scripture, the things you need to do to get results with God are so simple. And Jesus made it so clear that it was that simple that he recruited fishermen and people who had no to receive the seed itself, you know. Um, funny enough, the thing about it was all of them had, because the seed was dropped, it was just the state they were in which they had. Some had it and lost it. So the first thing is that you cannot have faith when you don't hear something. Um, some people are struggling with their faith work now because they're not hearing. They're not hearing, they're not listening to messages. They're not reading their Bible. They're not buying, reading books. They're not doing anything to to even put them in a position where they can hear the word of God. And even where they're in an environment, excuse me, where the word of God is being aired, they don't pay attention. And so faith, you cannot walk in faith when you're not even hearing anything that helps you to understand God better, that helps you to understand life in the spirit, that helps you to understand. So the question is to you today is, you, what, what, in what area of your life are you, are you ignorant? Um, about the Holy Spirit, about the wisdom of God, about the ministry, you know, about faith, about the gifts of the Spirit, even about things that have to do with character, you know, forgiveness, love, stewardship, um, purpose, whatever it is. You have to hear for you to have faith. And that is the reason why we study the Bible every day. We don't study the Bible every day to to satisfy God's, um, you know, insecurity or something. We study the Bible every day because there's so much to learn, so much to know about different aspects of our life because faith comes when we hear. Uh, That's the starting point. Hearing is key. Number two is accept what you hear. People hear, and at times people hear with filters. We judge the word of God with our personal, against our personal philosophy, our, uh, what our experience has, 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 has shown us that has formed belief systems in our mind, we hear the word of God and use other people's experiences to judge it. I've heard people say stuff to me like, what do you mean we should not do this before my this ex uh, have, uh, or is he not sexually active before they got married? What has happened to their marriage? So I beg you, don't bring all of those ones. We use people's experiences, things that we have not seen through to the end, things that we don't know how they are really, truly really panning out. We, we don't, we're not, uh, we're not proximate enough to even be able to effectively analyze. And we use those things to judge the word of God. I see a lot of people who hear the word, but they don't accept it. Um, they don't accept it. They have not humbled themselves to say, this is true. This is what I should believe. This is what I should embrace. 
um, they just hear it and that's it. And that, that's the second barrier. You need to hear it and then you need to accept it. I need to accept it. And many people are struggling in that area of acceptance because they believe many things. They believe many things that I've said on blogs. They believe many things they've read in strange books. Read many things they've seen in movies. They believe many things that people that are influencers in their lives, at times parents, mentors, um, who are successful in their own way, success in quotes, have told them. And therefore, they don't accept the word. And you cannot believe, you cannot develop faith uh, when you refuse to accept God's word. The third level is to understand it. Um, Jesus spoke about how the reason why some of the soil that received the seed, particularly the one on the rock, they was not able to gain root was because I didn't there's, there's a difference between I accept something and I understand it. What, understanding means I have a deeper appreciation of what that truth represents I, and its application. I understand it. And oftentimes that comes through deeper reflection, um, more interaction with information around that subject that deepens my appreciation of it. I cannot have faith when I don't have understanding. Um, faith is not something that we just pick in the air. I need to have understanding. Let me give an example of what I mean by understanding. Some may wonder, the centurion that said to Jesus, um, I'm a man under authority, and I said to this one, go, and it goes. And I said to this one, come, and it comes. Uh, I, I know how these things work. So you don't need to come to my house. Just speak the word, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus was like, wow, what I marvel said, I've not even seen this kind of faith in Israel. That was understanding. He was talking about spiritual authority and he had, he had meditated on how spiritual authority, you know, is similar to, you know, um, how authority is delegated in the natural realm. And he had internalized it. And that understanding informed how we believed God. And Jesus said, this is amazing faith. There are people who, there's a level of, um, application of God's word that you all you need to get to. So I, I hear it, I accept it, but I need to understand this application, and that takes me meditating, reflecting on it, or seeking to know more. There are things I was still talking to my wife this afternoon about saying things I read in the scripture, and it's taking me, um, you know, days to try and even understand. And I was asking those people all sort of questions because it was it bothered my mind that I couldn't really fully appreciate what the scripture was saying in that regard. And I, and I, I really wanted to understand it. I, you know, that, 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 that I've heard it, I accept that this happened, I accept that this is in scripture, but I want to understand how it, it works. I want to understand how it should affect my life. I need to understand, uh, you know, how to operationalize it. That, that understanding is important. And that is where these things begin to get into our spirit. It's in the level of understanding that our spirit begins to... Um, you sort of embrace the word. It moves from your head to your spirit in the place of understanding. And the next level is, I didn't believe it. When I understand how we are, when I understand what the benefits of holiness, I'm not going to be questioning it. And then I believe it. And then I can shed my blood just not to compromise. Not because it sounds good or I want to be a martyr. It's because I now, this is what I now believe. Um, you know, there are things I would do, the postures I would take because I now understand. And because I understand, it has now formed my belief system. I am convinced. Uh, so it's, I understand it. And that understanding is at the core of what I now believe. When I don't understand something, it's hard for me to say I believe. So you can't jump from here to believe, um, which is why some people uh, claim to have faith, but they don't have faith. They just have knowledge of stuff. Um, it, it takes you, to, you need to be at the level of understanding before you can believe. And it, it takes you, uh, believing, 
you know, in order for you to be able to um, then step out with conviction or to stay the course. Uh, and that's where I'm going to, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to just tie up with manifestation and, and then we'll pray. So, so this is what I mean. I, um, when you see people like Abraham, um, who was able to stay the course uh, and, and trust God, you know, you see someone like Joshua who would march around the walls of Jericho once every day for seven days and would believe that the walls of Jericho would come down. It came from a place of deep conviction. Um, what I, I begin to notice today is that I no longer see uh, a lot of people operating that level of conviction that what God has said he will bring to pass, uh, what God has said concerning my career, what God has said concerning me that I can hold on. And even though I don't see my manifestation now, I am be, I'm convinced beyond a doubt. It is at this level that we begin to hear the voice of God in our spirit, you know, and it just seals it um time will fill me to tell you personal testimonies of things that god has said to me i had it and that was it i didn't need manifestation to i had seen it already it had happened in my spirit and i could not be convinced under otherwise so um it's that i'm completely convinced about it that seals it for us then the final level which um oftentimes trouble many believers is the manifestation. And what do I mean by that? Um, the manifestation is when the thing really then comes to pass, when we experience it. The challenge though with manifestation is that we don't have control over that. And, and I, I've realized that it is that really that bothers most believers because they use manifestation to judge God's faithfulness. Unfortunately, God never said we should use manifestation. Manifestation is not a proof of his faithfulness. He's ever faithful before we see manifestation. It remains faithful to his word. Um, we're supposed to believe it without seeing it. That's how it works. So, but the reason why it's hard to believe without seeing is because most people are moving from hearing to seeing or from accepting to wanting to see. Uh, we don't understand the process of understanding and believing and being com- totally, completely convinced, you know, uh, to the point where manifestation is no longer relevant um, as in the equation. In fact, by the time it manifests, you are not surprised because you have already touched it in the realm of the spirit. I was speaking to someone recently who's sort of trusting God for the foot of the womb. And I said to her, I said, you have to be pregnant before you conceive. That's how it works. When you are trusting God for supernatural manifestation in this regard, you can't be checking your monthly cycle to decide, decide whether you are pregnant or not. If that's what you're doing, the devil will batter your faith. I said, you have to be pregnant before you conceive. You need to get to a point where you're already pregnant before you conceive. At that point, it really doesn't matter whether you're saying your monthly period or not. You, you have already conceived in the spirit. So it becomes inevitable. The manifestation will just come to that. When it comes to you, you're not going to be worried. But if I'm still checking, ah, is it going to come this month? Ah, it means I didn't take it. Is it going to come next month? You are still operating at the realm where it has not settled into your spirit. And I can multiply that over the way many of us tend to, um, or some of us, you know, tend to, engage with God when it comes to what were the things you are believing for, that we're using manifestation to check whether it has been done. No, it needs to be done in your spirit. It needs to be done. You need to be there in your spirit, man. And that is really where the work is. This season, I, I, I feel impressed to share this with you because I know that God is going to be leading many of you uh, and showing many of you things and challenging many of you to take certain types of actions. And the word of God is going to be coming to you um, to believe uh, against all odds, regardless of what's happening in your organization, or your business, or your school, or with your finances, or with your relationship. And God, will, God will want you to see something. He will begin to drop words in your heart as you study. He will begin to show you things as you pray. Don't leave it there. 
Don't just let it stay there and then say, I'm waiting to see it happen. When we do that, we have not started the work. It's like Peter just jumping out of the boat, not realizing that he needs to internalize what Jesus had said. And as he was walking that water, he should have been talking to Jesus, not, not looking at the storm. Because eventually when he was going to sink, he started talking to Jesus and he was able to stay afloat. You're, you're, I shouldn't be, I should be talking to God and not uh, looking at the situation. And so as he speaks to your heart and begins to show you things this season, some of you are going to give your unique ideas. And maybe you're just sitting down chilling, he will show you stuff. You need to sit down and invest enough in those things recognize you are the hearing stage and don't don't be in a hurry move from hearing it to accepting it what are the barriers to you allowing this thing to search in your spirit sarah had the same issue accept it uh, what are the things that are questioning what god has said questioning this idea accept it and after i've accepted it, this is what god has said and i'm accepting it then i need to understand it what is the implication of this what are the things i need to know what are the things i need to how do i operationalize this you know what are the scriptures will strengthen my appreciation of what has been said and help me to be, you know, uh, able to fully appreciate the scope of what God is talking about. And then it, it begins to enter your spirit. That's when you can say, I believe, you know, and I'm completely convinced. And, and you know, Jesus said concerning the ones, uh, the, 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 the seed that did not prove, he said it did not have depth. So when the sun came, when persecution came because of the word, he gave up. And, you know, um, I, I, and that was the end. So the, Gaining that level of understanding, you know, and sitting around it enough, not just jumping out there and talking about stuff that you have not fully internalized, you know, you know, when it gets into your spirit, there's no, there's no going back from that point. Once it enters your spirit, man, no going back. You know, that is when faith is unleashed. And that's when you begin to see that the way you are talking, the way you're thinking, you are seeing it already. You're experiencing it already. Abraham got there, he was already seeing his son, you know, and I was convinced beyond a doubt that what God has said was going to bring to pass. Um, and so faith is not supposed to trouble our, when faith, when, when faith has been battered in our hearts, uh, it bypasses our mind so much that the struggle that we have at the early stages where we're doubting in our head, it doesn't really begin to, it doesn't count anymore because we have done the work of moving the information from our head to our spirit. And, and at that point, we are birthing it. And I think that's the progression. Like I said, it's very simple and straightforward. It is about um, our commitment to work it that way. You want to score victories in your life. You want to be more intentional about your faith. And 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 I, I challenge you to develop that audacious faith. And that's why we've titled this. I'm talking about the audacious type of faith, the kind of faith that looks at the mountain without wavering and says, you know, be moved and cast into the sea. There's a place you will have gotten to in your um, uh, um, in, in that faith development journey that will make it easy for you to be able to make that kind of statement be able to do the kind of things that we saw that the disciples of Jesus begin to do in the book of Acts. Those guys got to a point where it had settled into their spirit and then it was just naturally flowing from their spirit, man. And the same guys too, you will see how their head used to get in the way before, how their mind used to obstruct their capacity to, you know, work in the supernatural, how the things they would see would hinder them from being able to embrace, um, you know, the supernatural, suddenly became free of those things. And that is my prayer for you this evening, that you are going to break free into the realm of the supernatural, that you operate in audacious faith in every area of your life. When people see you, uh, they will see the supernatural uh, um, power of God at work in your life, uh, in the choices you make, in your attitude this season, that when many people are scared and worried, or many people are reacting to what is going on, you will, you would walk with God. And even though you may walk through um, um, at, at times painful paths,
heart. At times, you may go through processes that are that will put you under pressure because you are the right person in your spirit. You come out of it, you come out better, you come out bigger, you come out stronger, you come out more prosperous. I cannot in any way begin to suggest or predict the path each of us will follow and how we're going to navigate this season. But one thing I'm sure is, is this. Jesus said, this is the victory that overcomes even our faith. If you make this a faith journey, you come out better. If you make this a faith journey, you come out more prosperous. You come out closer to God. You come out uh, uh, more successful. You come out established. You come out in purpose. Uh, and you come out in glory in the name of Jesus. Um, that's that's um, uh, the, the word that God placed in my heart for you this afternoon. And I'd just like us to pray. I don't know where this has met you, but just the, the, the I wanted to pray about you know the, the the level of intentionality um that you need to begin to uh, uh you know engage with and embrace in working with god this season it is such a critical season um in, in our life of faith uh, that you know um if, if these were bible times you would know that this is, this is a season that would definitely be recorded you know everything that is going on will be recorded one way or the other and so what what call are you making at this time you know how how much are you getting into God's word? How much are you embracing God's counsel? How much is his wisdom guiding your actions and your judgments and your decisions? What audacious steps of faith are you taking at this time? Uh, and if Jesus has called you to walk on the water, what are you afraid of? Is it that you have not been able to internalize that instruction enough to be able to step out on water? It is time. You cannot hesitate anymore. I want you to pray and, and just declare the grace to embrace the same way Jesus raised his disciples and they moved from um, people are struggling in their faith work uh, who will say, oh, you have little faith. How long will I be with you? How long will I suffer with you? Uh, to people who, who began to marvel at their faith, that that will be your experience in the name of Jesus from today that you are on a, an intentional faith development journey where nothing um, shall be impossible to you. Says nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. God wants you to walk in that dimension of nothing shall be impossible. That's the dimension of audacious faith. Uh, that here now, when people are saying there's a casting down, we are saying we are not sure what's happening. They are going to walk uh, with a sense of assurance because God has spoken, because His Word has come to you, and that in your marital destiny, even if people are expressing expressing concerns and and and, and I'm unsure, maybe you just stepped out of a relationship and you are you are feeling so down now. There's a word uh, that God has for you. And it's a word of comfort, a word of direction and instruction. If you will just embrace his word, he wants to bring you out of that season. I don't know whether you've lost your job or you're prospecting for a new job or you're experiencing loss of revenue. God is not clueless. God is not like, you know what, I'm out of ideas. I don't know what to do. No, there's a word, that, that there's, a, there's a state of heart God needs you to be, to be able to walk out of this season, walk out of death, walk out of that dryness, uh, to be able to see new possibilities. And the things I've highlighted, as simple as they are, is your way out. I wanted to pray this evening and just say, Lord, I, I, I commit myself to that walk of faith, that journey of faith. Uh, I'm not just going to be um, engaging in, 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 in uh, you know, spiritual, religious exercises. I want to be very intentional about my work with you. I, I, and, I, and I commit myself to walking by faith, audacious faith. There are people, you're listening to me, yours is not, God has given you the instruction already. It's just that, like, you're expecting something else. You are not following the last instruction. Like, in your mind, you have discounted that instruction. Like, that, that instruction is not relevant to anything. You know, there are times when the kind of instruction gives you doesn't line up with your expectation or what you feel is doing you right now. Uh, it's like telling Neymar go and bathe in the, in the river Jordan. And God is saying, you need to go back. You need to trust my instruction. 
there, there are instructions that um, it's like I've not accepted it, you know, and I need to get to that point of acceptance and take those instructions serious. And there's some people, what, what you need to just get into God's word. You need to just get into God's word this season. This is a time to load your spirit with God's word. And I'm challenging you to pray and make that commitment. Um, this evening, we're not praying to God to do something for us. We are praying to receive grace to do what we need to do, um, to be able to break into this new dimension or this uh, a deeper dimension of living and of, of effectiveness in the name of Jesus, that I will, I will be that person who works in a depth of, of, of understanding of your word and of your counsel, and I will embrace your truth in character. I will love, I will forgive, I will not work in malice in the name of Jesus. You wouldn't say, what has that got to do with anything? It has everything to do with everything. The Bible says that in the book of Galatians. Okay, so your, your, your character is important to God, and you need to study the God's word as far as character is concerned. Don't be keep fighting with everybody, you know, um, you know, keeping malice with people, refusing to forgive people, and expect that everything will work out well. You're not in faith. Uh, faith and love work hand in hand. It's time for you to get into God's word and break the hold of just this negative character, negative outlook over your life. Stop excusing it as a temperamental thing. It's because of how you were brought up. Recognize the fact that grace is available. When you hear it in God's word, you accept that you can change. You understand that and you begin to embrace uh, God's word. Those changes will happen. The Bible says, as you behold that is the glass, uh, the glory of God, we are transformed into that same image from glory to glory. The word of God has transformed, transforming power. And, and, and that attitude, that, this, that demeanor, maybe part of what is shutting doors against you or limiting your progress. Because as you rise, your weaknesses can become a barrier to your progress. And God is saying, you need a work of faith. You need to break the hold of bad attitude, bad behavior um, over your life. Um, if you've been getting that feedback from people, they're not telling you that because they don't like you. Um, they, they're saying that to you because they're they're, they're like God's, you know, uh, uh, God points your attention to it, something that you need to give um, yourself to. I don't know what you represent. I just wanted to know this evening that God is calling us to uh, a life of authentic and audacious faith, and that He delights heaven when he sees us walk in these dimensions. Father, I thank you for everyone who has heard me this evening. I thank you uh, for the opportunity to share your word. And I, I thank you because I know that this word has ministered to people at different levels, where, where, wherever they are right now, they are a journey. And I ask, Lord, that by your spirit, you will strengthen them, that their faith will not fail, and that it will, their faith works only strong and strong. I pray for someone who right now is struggling, um, is in, in their journey of faith. They're about to give up. They're overwhelmed with fear. I break the hold of fear uh, in the name of Jesus. I declare you free. Uh, he who the Son has set free is free indeed. The Bible says he has not given us a spirit of fear. I declare you free, free from fear, anxiety. That thought that is immobilizing you and that you are explaining away as caution. And that, that, that thought that is immobilizing you and you are you are explaining a way as being pragmatic. You know, today I declare that the, the, that secret fear is exposed in the name of Jesus. That the fear of taking that plunge, the fear of making that move uh, that you're rationalizing is exposed in the name of Jesus. And I declare you free. I declare you free. Everyone that's been held bound by fear in any form or shape, uh, fear of getting into a relationship, fear of stepping out of a relationship that is not profitable, fear 
of of taking uh, embracing a new opportunity and uh, you know fear of making certain personal changes and adjustments in your life i declare those those fears are broken in the name of jesus i pray for someone spirit of quick understanding Bible says the holy spirit helps us to gain quick understanding that the word of god will not be a mystery to you the word of god will not be confusing for you the word of god will not lack taste in your mouth if you've been struggling uh to engage the word of god i declare an end today the spirit of god has been given to us be able to help us understand the will of God, that when you study the word of God, it, you will enjoy, it will be an encounter for you, it will be refreshing to your soul in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a faith accelerator. He helps us in the understanding phase of things. Um, he helps to increase our understanding. Remember the Enoch that was going to 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 to, to, to Ethiopia uh, when Philip joined him. He said, do you understand what you read? He said, I can't understand you unless somebody explain. And the Holy Spirit helps Philip to interpret the scripture to him. The Holy Spirit will begin to help someone to understand better his will, his counsel, and that will help you to be able to accelerate the growth of your faith, your capacity to trust, lean on, believe God's word, stand on his word for today in the name of Jesus. God, the heavens over you is open. I see a download of revelations, insights, encounters in the place of prayer, um, revelation knowledge, God just showing you things, revealing things to you, comforting your heart, assuring you. Someone is trying to even understand the essence of this season in their life. God is going to show you. He's going to visit you as you study the word, as you pray. as you open your heart to his word, and you begin to hear it and hear it and accept it, understanding will come, light will shine, and God's glory will reveal your life. I declare in the name of Jesus, uh, anybody here struggling in their health, I declare the healing power of God uh, flushes your system right now, and you are healed from the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. I speak the healing power of God over your body. I declare you healed. I declare you whole. I declare your strength is restored in Jesus' name. Your strength is restored in Jesus' name. I curse mm-hmm. every symptom to his root, and I declare those symptoms begin to disappear from this moment in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Every symptom, I command you to disappear. Mahasi produced a kataya in the name of Jesus. And I, I, I curse that sickness to his root. Whatever it is, I declare, dry up, I declare disappear from that body. The healing power of God flows through you right now and it does a work, a cleansing work in Jesus' mighty name. I pray for businesses represented in this place and I speak life in the name of Jesus. These businesses will not die. These businesses will flourish. If any business here was meant to die, I declare a resurrection of something bigger and better in the name of Jesus. Mahasi produced a kataya. Everyone that needs to go through any form of reinvention Anyone that needs to go through any form of rebirth, that that process is 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 accelerated. That process uh, is 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 born in the hands of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit becomes a facilitator of that experience. Uh, the Holy Spirit is done uh, by, by the power of God. And that that newness is born in your business, in the name of Jesus. Newness is born in your venture, in the name of Jesus. I declare, I declare the wisdom of God attends to you. You will not be confused. You will not be confused. You will not be confused in the name of Jesus. God will show you the way that you ought to go in Jesus. And God is saying to someone, look, I'm going to multiply you greatly. Uh, I'm going to bless you. In you, the families of the earth will be blessed. Don't be afraid. Uh, even though this looks like, you know, uh, the ground is shaking. He says, I am unshakable. And if you hold on to me and the unshakable one, everything that can be shaken will be shaken, but you'll be standing in the name of Jesus. 
thank you, Father. We give you praise. We thank you for life point. We thank you, Lord, for a fresh wave of your spirit uh, across the, the life point church. I thank you, Lord, for testimonies that have been birthed. I thank you, Lord, for people who are embracing you, who are loving you more like more than ever before. Who, are, who begin to enjoy just dwelling in your presence, enjoy your word, enjoy fellowship with your spirit. I thank you for the release of a new anointing over your sons and daughters as they navigate this season, that their light will shine. Gentiles will come to their light. Kings with the brightness of light. People will marvel at your peace. People will marvel at how you are able to um, navigate through this season um, in peace, in prosperity, in strength, in joy, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I pray for everyone here. I pray that your ministry will blossom. God will use you to strengthen many. God will use you to heal many. God will use you to give direction to many. God will use you as a signpost of his faithfulness, of his love, and of his goodness in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.